Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Guys, today I'm speaking with Stephanie Don Elizabeth. She's the host of the Girl Kind podcast and she's a mentor for teenage and millennial age girls. She focuses on helping them realize their inherent worth, find their voice, and step into living their authentic truth without shame and without guilt. In this episode, we discuss why women and girls have settled for being nice instead of speaking up for what they truly want and being who they truly are. She shows us how we can stop living a half-life and start embodying the courage to live our truth, speak up for what we want, more importantly, what we don't want, and how to be kind to ourselves through it all. She's doing amazing work in the realm of helping women connect with who they really are and love themselves and to stop settling for what society thinks that we should do and who we should be. Guys, this is such a empowering conversation. I'm so jazzed up after talking with her. Uh, it's such a great reminder to, to really be true to ourselves and to have the courage to stand up for what we believe in and not in an unkind way, um, but in an authentic way. And so I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope it inspires you and not just, you know, in the moment, but to take the action to do what it takes to live a life like this. Enjoy. This episode is sponsored by Organifi. Organifi offers completely non-GMO organic superfood blends that makes incorporating really good nutrition into your diet insanely easy. You literally do not have an excuse not to get your fruits and veggies anymore because they've done all the work for you. And if you use the code unstressed, you will receive 15% off your purchase at OrganifiShop.com. This episode is also sponsored by Sunday Scaries. These are the CBD gummies that are amazing for stress, anxiety. If you just want to feel a little more energized or regain your focus without all of that background chatter in your mind that's not serving you, use the code UNSTRESS for 10% off your purchase at 4sundayscaries.com. Lastly, this episode is sponsored by Four Sigmatic. If this is a company you haven't heard of, believe me, in the next year or two, you will. They are doing amazing things in the world of medicinal mushrooms. Uh, right now, I'm kind of obsessed with their hot cacao with reishi, which is something I'll drink before bed every night. And it's just so relaxing, so calming, and so good for you. So it's kind of a no-brainer. Also, if you love coffee, but you hate the way it makes you feel, like jittery, stressed, just not well, then they have a ton of uh, mushroom blends for coffee. Uh, they also have a really good matcha. So go to foursigmatic.com and use the code unstressed to save 15% off. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I am so thrilled for our guest today. Um, she's someone that I've been really admiring, actually, on the online space. And what she stands for is really amazing. She is a mentor, you know, coach, and just a real voice for girlhood in America, in the world as it is now and how it's been changing. So I'm here today with Stephanie Dawn Elizabeth, and she is of the Girl Kind podcast and mentorship program. So, so excited to dig into everything girl world and, and talk to Stephanie about how she helps bring awareness to girls and women's issues and what she's doing to spread her light to the world. So welcome to the show, Stephanie. Thank you. I'm so excited. 
So kind of to jump right off, um, you know, I, I found you through your podcast and it was just immediately it clicked with me. I was like, yes, I can totally get on board with this. It's empowering. It's real. It's authentic. How did the Girl Kind podcast come about and what is its core mission? Hmm. Oh my gosh. It's so funny when people ask me this question because I don't really know. Like it was kind of one of those ideas that came to me quickly and I just did it and it sort of flowed so perfectly. But I guess a back story would be, I've been working with girls for, well, I've been working with youth probably for about, oh my gosh, six or seven years and girls specifically for about four years now, almost. And what I found was there are so many issues and so many struggles that we are all going through or they are all going through, but not really a space to have the conversations about what those are. And so we're all kind of, whether it's women or whether it's girls walking around struggling with the same things, but thinking that we're the only ones. Mm-hmm. And so I really wanted a place to have the conversations. And I personally couldn't really find a place specifically for girls to just like have raw, vulnerable conversations about what it's like to be a girl in the world and a space where we can, you know, amplify the voices of women and girls and just have a place where we can feel a little less alone and realize that there are people out there that we connect with, even if they're not people like up front in, in our own lives. And that really is the, the mission of the podcast is just on one hand of it to have this safe space for women and girls to come on and share their personal stories and to amplify their missions and really have a place to support each other. And then also just to have those conversations that allow us to feel less alone and allow us to feel like we, yeah, like have somewhere to be seen and to recognize that we're just not the only ones. Yeah, I think that's so important too, because like you said, often in our own circles, our own families and friends, you know, we don't necessarily feel safe to talk about certain things, you know, because either you've known people your whole life or you might feel like you're upsetting others. And so you do keep it inside and you do keep it contained and that, you know, that's so toxic and it's so unhealthy. So I think what you're doing is just so empowering and the shows that I've listened to, I, I mean, I'm constantly like whether or not I've had this specific issue or whatever, but I'm something that someone has said is like, it makes my shoulders go down. Like, Oh, me too. You know, like, Oh, I can breathe a little bit better because I get it. You know, I've been in that situation and just hearing someone else from the outside perspective say that it's just, it's just really healing. And so I think what you're doing is just amazing and so powerful and, you know, keep it up. Like, I love it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That's probably the number one thing, kind of like the feedback or just the constant messages that I get is just that ability to see themselves in someone else's story. Right, right. And I think, you know, honestly, that's kind of what the world needs right now. You know, we're all, everything is just so the other, the other, the other, and that's not the case. You know, that's not really the true story. And I think when we start breaking down walls and you know, you see someone a certain way and then they actually reveal that, you know, I've been dealing with this or I've struggled with this. And then it's like, oh, like you're just like me, you know, or I see a part of myself in you. And that's, I think that brings us all together, you know, especially as women. 
Yeah. And what I find too, and it's not even necessarily if you have the exact same story, I mean, nobody has the exact same story, but even if it's not like the same struggle or the same thing that you've gone through, just recognizing that other people go through stuff takes away that pressure of like, what is wrong with me? Exactly. Oh, totally. And then I think when that enables us to be kinder to ourselves in that moment, you know, as well, which affects everything else. It has a ripple effect on everything else. Yeah. A hundred percent. Cause you can recognize that you're just human. We're all doing this thing together and we're all struggling to some extent. Right. So how did your personal story impact, you know, the girl kind podcast and, and what you found to be your purpose in the world? Yeah. Um, well, I think it has. So when I was in, for those of you who don't know what my story is, when I was in my early twenties, I was in an abusive relationship. And when I got out of that, that's kind of where my journey began. Obviously, when I got out of that relationship that I was in for about a year, I was super isolated. I was super anxious. I 100%, first of all, I didn't even really tell people. People knew I was in an unhealthy relationship, but nobody really knew the extent because I didn't really know the extent until the end. Mm. And so I was left in like this really isolated state of feeling like, I couldn't let anybody in because I was filled with so much shame. I didn't want anyone to know what I had experienced. I didn't want anyone to like look at me with that judgment because I felt like everyone was judging me, which as women and girls, we feel a lot. And so kind of getting through that and getting over that, obviously it's a really long story. um, But that is kind of where it started for me of feeling like, that feeling like I was so isolated, feeling like no one understood, feeling like everyone was judging me. And then through my journey, recognizing that so many of us are walking around feeling that. And that really sparked my purpose and my mission of this kind of started off as a journey of wanting to just spread kindness. And like I said, I've been working with youth for a long time and, and recognizing through working with them, just the intense lack of kindness in a lot of um, in a lot of ways. And then recognizing through that, that especially for, for girls somewhere along the way, we've really forgotten to teach them slash us as women, the importance of being kind to ourselves and that like, we deserve that kindness as well. And like you said, it really all starts there. And so if we have that ability to be kind to ourselves, it ripples out and we're able to get through situations a lot easier. And that's kind of what helped me pull through and out of the the place that I was at after the relationship. So I don't know if that made sense, but that's kind of my beginning point, I guess. It's obviously been a really long journey from there. And then how that kind of affected just the, the purpose behind the podcast really is coming from a place of whenever I'm having conversations with people who come on, women or girls who come on the podcast, or if I'm just having a solo episode, always coming from a place of wanting to connect with her, mm-hmm. you know, the girl who feels that way maybe right now, who feels isolated and wanting to be able to just connect and create, you know, once we connect to ourselves in that way with that inner kindness and, and all of that, we can start to recognize that there are people around us who crave the same things that we crave, who want that connection, who want to bring the walls down and just be seen. Oh, absolutely. And it absolutely does make sense. Um, You know, that, that slow realization and then that opening, I mean, and I think that that's just, it's so, it's, it's hard for me to hear that because, you know, 
it's just, it's something that's sad and, you know, you, you hate for someone else to have to go through that, but like you're using your pain to help and heal so many other women. And I, it's just, it's what we need to do. It's like when you get in touch with that pain, it really is like the beginning of, of something so much greater, you know, if you can really sit with it and accept it and be okay with it. Wow. Yeah. And that's why I like to say it's been a journey. I don't ever want it to sound like I just decided one day, Oh, I'm going to use kindness and inner kindness and now the pain is gone. It's been a really long journey, but I do think that, you know, we all have some sort of, all have some sort of struggle, whether it's when we were younger or whether it's right now and recognizing that like you can get through that and you can take it as, you know, like a warrior story, whether instead of like sitting in that, sitting in the pain. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So what, I mean, what was the moment where you decided to either leave the relationship or you just decided to take a turn? Because obviously you were going one way, you weren't happy, but you just were on that path. When was the turning point? What was that like? Mm, Of getting out of the relationship or how how did I realize to get out? Yeah, all of it. Yeah. So, um, so for the, the relationship itself, it wasn't physical until the very end. And that's kind of what kept me in it was mm-hmm. this like slow manipulation. This, I didn't even realize what was happening, to be honest. I knew like, I, actually, I really didn't. I was so manipulated. I was so isolated. And I really felt like it was my duty, I guess, to make it work. And like that, if there was ever issues, it was my fault. And that I know now is all part of an abusive relationship, Mm -hmm. but I didn't really know that. And I don't think, you know, when we talk about abusive relationships to girls, we always say like, if someone put your hand, no one's allowed to put their hands on you. And I was always told that as a girl. So I knew that like wholeheartedly, like, yeah, no one's allowed to put their hands on me. If anyone does, I leave. And like, that's it. But, you know, we sometimes miss talking about the other aspects of an abusive relationship, whether that's verbal and, and, you know, for me, that's what it, really was. And so it was a slow process of not really realizing what was happening. And then at the end, after about a year, it became physical. And it sounds really weird to say, but I'm, I'm now grateful that it did because if it didn't turn physical, I don't know that I would have left anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the moment for me, I guess, when it sort of snapped me into reality of what was going on. And that was sort of the shift. And it still took me a long time to process. Um, and I was lucky that the person who I was in a relationship lived in a different country. So I literally could get on a plane and leave. Um, it's obviously not that, that easy for, for most women who are in abusive relationships. But for me, that was sort of the, the beginning of taking a different direction. Yeah. Why do you think it's so hard for women to, you know, when they're going through something and they want to you know, start having a voice and and making a change. Why do you think that's so hard for them to really have the courage to do that, to do what you've done? Well, I mean, if I look at myself, let's say when I was still in it or getting out of it or directly after probably like the year after it really, what we were saying in the beginning is it really comes down to how you feel about yourself and what you believe your value and your worth as a human being is during right after that relationship, I felt zero self-worth. 
I didn't think that my voice mattered. I didn't think that what I was feeling mattered because that's what I've been told. And so many of us women and girls, we've been told for so long what our value is based on. And Mm -hmm. so if we don't have that thing, let's say we've been told through like the messages that our value is based on what our body looks like, or our value is based on uh, a career we have or how good of a mom we are, like whatever it is. So we think if we don't meet up to those expectations or whatever we've connected our worth to, then we don't feel like we're worthy of more or we don't feel like we can speak up or we don't feel like we can take a different direction. And I I really truly believe that it really does come down to what we think our worth is, our value is, and all of that. I totally agree. I couldn't agree more. I mean, and I think for me personally, it was when I started meditating and really getting in touch with what I really was saying to myself and what I was, how I was valuing myself. And it was so, I think on the surface, I always thought I had high self-esteem, but when I really got down to the core, I was like, wow, you really don't. (laughs) Oh yeah. Like what, who are you? Like I was really, it, it took kind of getting quiet to really have more of that self-awareness that I think is so hard for people to tap into. And so many people don't even want to go there. Um, yeah. yeah, It's it's scary. It is. It is scary. And it's like, you don't know what you're going to find, you know, what you're going to have to face. And I think so many people don't want to face the demons and the darkness. Um, but it's like, if you don't, then you're never really going to enjoy the light moments and the happy moments of life either. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes we're not even, well, I mean, it's the whole self-awareness piece. Sometimes we really are just not aware of what's going on inside or the fact that we even want to change. Maybe we have that like little nudge that we want something to be different or we want to feel different. We want to do something, but we're not always aware of like how to change that. Or like you said, you thought you were confident. I have that same story. Like when I was in high school, nobody would have thought I wasn't confident because I pretended and I even believed myself, Mm -hmm. but then getting really quiet about it after the fact and recognizing, okay, that is not what confidence looks like. And true confidence. Yeah. True self-love. Totally. And I think, you know what, that's, that's gotta be a common uh, story for a lot of women and teenagers. I mean, you look at the studies and it's like 75% of teenagers have negative thoughts. I mean, and maybe it's just a chemical thing going on, you know, you're changing so much, but you think about that 75%. Well, you know, when they're talking to themselves with how they're assessing themselves, like it's not positive. If 75% of their thoughts are negative, that's got to encompass the self-talk as well. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think, I mean, it's obviously a lot of hormonal stuff going on, but I also think, especially for girls, and really, if we don't do the work, it continues into when we're women. Yes. It's it's really the same thing. But girls have so much pressure on them. Women have so much pressure on them. So yes, we have hormones, and they change, and they fluctuate. But still, a, a lot of that comes from just these constant messages that we get of, again, what I was saying before, what our worth is based on right so it's really important that as you know a society as women that we change that otherwise it won't change and we're going to continue to have girls that grow into women and have to do all of the work that we have to do 
And honestly, I think it's going to have to come from us. It's not going to be something from our society or culture yeah. coming around and saying, you know what, we, we've been wrong all these years yeah. we'll help you out. And like, no, it's not going to happen. Like we have to, ha- we have to absolutely take it back for ourselves if we want any kind of change. And I think it's happening slowly. I really do. Um, and I think conversations like this help in that movement. Um, but you're right. You're right. It's absolutely an epidemic and, and just to bring awareness to it and say, Hey, you know, we don't have to live this way. You know, yes, society puts a lot of this on us, but you don't have to accept it. You know, you don't have, you really don't. It, the choice is yours. Yeah. And I feel like that is one of the most powerful things in becoming self-aware or just like really taking a look and calling BS almost taking a look at like, what are the constant stories that come up for me or those constant negative thoughts? Because if we're not aware, we're not really even clear on what we're thinking about ourselves and getting like really clear on where those came from, whether that's from your parents, from the media, from like a situation in high school, like whatever it is, everything comes from somewhere and becoming really self-aware about that and then shifting it. And those constant shifts So let's say you're a mom of a daughter. I don't have kids. So this isn't speaking out of experience, but just from, you know, an outside perspective, let's say if we think about the things we saw or heard from our mom and it's not out of bad intention at all. It's just when you're not aware, this continues, right? And so it's like stepping back and recognizing that as women, even me as a woman who doesn't have kids, I work with girls. So I view those as like my daughters, whatever I'm saying about myself, whatever I'm like the actions that I take towards myself, it's mirroring to them what they're worthy of. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like you can say one thing, but if you're acting in a different way and embodying a different energy, that's what's picked up. That's what's learning. Yeah. And it's never from bad, good or bad intentions. It just is what it is. And so when we're aware of it, then, you know, yes, as a society, yeah, definitely. We're not going to just be like, Oh shoot, we did it wrong. Now we're switching it up. But I think that is how we change things as a whole is like doing it for ourselves and then showing girls how to do it for themselves as well. Absolutely. I think when another girl can see a woman like you or someone who's doing it correctly and is living a free life and a beautiful life on their own terms, that's, that's all you need. You know, it's the power of one, that book that's like, you see one person doing it and it's like, I can do that. Yeah. I want to be that. I don't want to be in chains, you know, my whole entire life. And yeah. Because if you don't know, then you don't know. If you don't see anybody yeah. doing things differently, then you might have that like inner thing of this isn't right, or I want something different, but unless you see it actually being done, it's harder to think of the reality of it. So what's your, what's your wish for the future of girls and women in our country and beyond? Oh my God. So many things. <laughs> I always ask a similar question and I love everyone's answers. So I have so many, but I really just desire for women and girls to know that at the basis of everything, they are worthy mm-hmm. and that all of these things that the world, your parents, your friends, whoever have put on you or told you about like this little box that you have to fit in in order to be worthy that is made up and that is untrue and once you can peel off those layers and those things that other people have put on you at the core of it you're worthy nothing you can do nothing you can say nothing like no situation can take that fact away and I think 
once we can all as women and girls start to shift into realizing that so many things are going to change. And so many of us, you know, obviously there's a huge shift going on right now in women and girls rising up, but the more that we can really believe that we are worthy, the more we're really going to believe that our voice matters really. And that we don't have to do anything to prove our worth. I love that. Ooh, I just got chills. That's yeah. awesome. Thank you. <laughs> so how do you help the women that you mentor grow and expand and feel their true worth? Yeah. So now I only work with girls. Well, I mean, teens to early 20s. And I think sort of really what I've been saying, I think it's really unique to everybody because everybody has their own stuff. It's, there's similar themes that as women and girls, we, we struggle with because our, you know, the things we're told are pretty similar, but I think it's really about peeling back those layers of, okay, what has been the thing for you? We all usually have one or two or three things that are constant that we believe our worth is based on. And so it's about really coming, becoming clear. Like we've been talking about that self-awareness piece of what is actually going on in there. What is this common story that you're telling yourself or that other people have told you that now you've taken on for yourself? It's kind of like a reality check for your thoughts and your feelings about yourself. And slowly, it's a process. This is not something that, this is really a practice we'll have to do for the rest of our lives. But, you know, if it's something that you want to change now, it's really getting aware of what those thoughts and those feelings are in questioning where they came from and then taking this slow, long process of rewriting those for yourself and of coming back to that place of, okay, these are the things that I've been told, or maybe they're even, okay, let's say an example. Most of your listeners are moms, right? Yeah. So I did this workshop, a mother daughter workshop once, and one that came up a lot, and I'm sure this comes a lot up for most moms is that, um, you know, if you are too busy, then you're a bad mom. Or if you're like, these are some of the stories that I heard. If I'm too busy, I'm a bad mom. If I'm working, I'm not there enough. Or, you know, like these, these, con- have you, do you hear those or do you feel those? Oh, absolutely. I mean, mom yeah. guilt is real. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, yeah. I have new mom friends and I totally like empathize with that. So let's say that's the story. Well, so maybe you actually are busy, but that doesn't equal I'm a bad mom. Mm-hmm. So it's the connection that we make that isn't true. So it doesn't mean you have to rewrite the fact that you're busy. If you're busy, you're busy. I'm sure 99.9, if not 100% of moms are busy. But it's that disconnection from your worth. And so whatever that story is for you, whatever the thing that has been connected to, I am bad, I am whatever, that's where you can start to work with, okay, I'm busy, but I'm also providing for my family. Or I'm busy, but I'm also taking care of myself. You know, it's that shift of the way that we look at it that's really important and just continuously taking it away from the I am part because it doesn't say anything about you as a mom if you are busy. Do you know what I mean? 
Absolutely. And I think that that in itself, that reframing that you just talked about is so empowering, you know, because that's what happens. You know, that's what we ultimately default to as well. I, I couldn't make this event or I wasn't there, you know, to see him off on his first day of school. Like I'm a terrible person, you know, like I'm a terrible mother. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. like, yeah, you didn't make that. That kind of sucks. You know, you know, that would have been nice if you could have been there, but that doesn't mean that you're a terrible person like that. That should not be an automatic connection at all. A hundred percent. And I always say to girls that I work with, like, there's a big difference between being self-aware and being critical of yourself. Oh God. Yeah. It's one thing to say, you know what? I'm busy. Where can I, you know, you talk a lot about self-care. Where can I take a minute for some self-care or where can I be present in this moment with my kids? That's self-awareness. Being critical is when we connect it to what it means about us as a person. And I can totally relate to that because I make these kinds of automatic connections all the time. And then I have to step back and realize, like, is that really true? Like, is what I just thought to myself or said to myself, is that true? And often it takes like thinking it through and being like, no, that's not true. You know, that's that's a story I, I, you know, created in my mind and I could believe it if I wanted to. And then it would be true. But it's not really if you look at the facts and I do, you know, not just with motherhood, but, you know, if someone said something to you at work or something, you know, something happened out in public, like maybe that wasn't exactly what was going on. And that was just my perception of what was going on. And I think that can translate into so many aspects of our lives. And it's like, when, if we can really take that, that little miracle moment and step back and really assess what's going on before we jump to conclusions and before we come down on ourselves or others, like, wow, that's, that's a game changer. That changes your life. A hundred percent. Yeah. That step back and that reality check of, is this actually true? And I love getting really curious about things, you know, like I'm a naturally curious person. I think you are too, which is why you host a podcast and you work yeah. with young women. Cause we're just, we're just very inquisitive. And it's like, when you take that internally and you, and you start asking yourself questions from a place of non-judgment and non, you know, you have no opinions on what's coming up. Like, wow. Like you really get to know yourself and and how you interact in the world it's really interesting yeah oh yeah I love it and sometimes not so good (laughs) because you're like whoa hold on a second (laughs) yeah and so when it because that does happen a lot but for you know when I'm working through that with girls it's kind of shifting I know okay so when we look at something it can be really easy to get sad about it or to be like whoa what, why, why am I thinking that way? What, what is wrong with me? What am I doing? And like spiral in that way. But I like to shift it to a little bit of anger because I think it can, that can be a good emotion in those moments to recognize that a lot of the stuff we think, you know, it's kind of this theme we've been talking about this whole conversation. A lot of that stuff isn't ours. It came from somebody else and we just took it on to be about us or we just took it on because everyone else does. And so you can get a little bit angry about it and then it gives you that, that push to change it and to be a part of changing it. You know, the, the whole point of my podcast and the girls collective, which is kind of an extension of the podcast is to help girls recognize that their voice can matter in the change for themselves, but also for the world and for other girls. And so when you get mad about it, then you want to be a part of changing it. I love that. And I think that, you know, emotions are there for a reason. They are there to serve us. And when you can use anger for good, I mean, that's, that's everything, you know, that's why it's there. That's why we have it. Like use it, use it for change, use it for empowerment. 
Yeah. Yeah. And allowing those, those things that come up when you're self-aware to fuel that change instead of just going the opposite of, Oh my God, what am I thinking? Like, what am I doing? And, you know, I talk a lot about inner kindness and that's kind of where that shift comes in of getting aware of what the thoughts are and then relentlessly choosing to just be kinder with yourself and be gentle with yourself and forgive yourself because whatever you're giving to other people, you also deserve, but you also deserve it from yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. So is that the most common issue that you see come up when you work with these girls? I mean, what is, what's the thing that you see again and again and again, and you're like, okay, this is, there's a concurrent theme here. Well, I think all of us, have struggled with body image at some point. Mm. I mean, I haven't met a teen girl who has not, is not struggling with their body. Um, so I think that's a common story of my body has to be this in order for me to be worthy or, you know, we kind of are screwed by the media because it's always changing what your body is quote unquote supposed to look like. Sure. So, Uh, Yeah, definitely a common theme is body image, um, a lot of anxiety that stems from, again, the worthiness and just the, 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 at the basis of everything, especially for women and girls, we want to feel connected and we want to feel liked and loved. And, you know, unless we start to change something, a lot of us feel like we have to compete with other women and with other girls and we have, you know, one person's worth takes away from ours. So that's another common theme is not feeling supported by other girls, not feeling seen by other girls and not feeling like we can just show up as is. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So I'd say those are probably the two biggest of body image and then, you know, just stuff around with other girls and with other women, whether that's judgment, whether that's bullying, whether that is the comparison, all of that. So when you, when you start to see these things again and again, what's your first step for helping your clients start to heal and, and start to get better? Mm. Oh, well, I think kind of what we were just talking about the whole looking at it, the reality check, but also I always love to ask, what would you say to your sister who came to you with this same thought feeling situation or your daughter or someone in your life who you love, like taking a step back from the situation, because when we're in it, the heaviness of it Mm. really doesn't allow us to look at ourself with gentleness or look at a situation with forgiveness or see it as it is. And so I think it's really powerful to just step outside of it. And and in order to shift into that inner kindness around it, to be able to, to say, would I say this to, first of all, would I say this out loud, whatever I'm saying on the inside, whatever I'm feeling on the inside, would I say it out loud to somebody that I love? Would I like look at my little six-year-old daughter in front of me and say what I'm saying to myself, to her? And the answer is probably no. And so that's where we can start to do the work of shifting into really getting to the core of what she is believing her worth is based on. And then what would she say to someone else? And then figuring out how she can then shift into that for herself. And really at the core of the work that I do is that inner kindness piece and just kind of getting back to that. We all start out being 
nice to ourselves and kind to ourselves and gentle with ourselves, but it changes along the way. And so if we can just start to peel off those, those layers and recognize that we do deserve that. The reason we don't give ourselves inner kindness and gentleness and all of that is because we don't think we deserve it. And so really just doing the work to get back to, to that. But I do love the powerful question of what would you say to your daughter? And it's probably not going to be what you're saying to yourself. Oh, absolutely. You never, never. It's, we're always the hardest on ourselves, I've found. Yeah, 100%. Because we've been told to be. And it's just the way that it has been. Our brains are kind of naturally negative to ourselves unless we switch it. And I did hear something similar to that. Like women are hardwired to adjust and change according to external stimuli. And I think that that goes back to tribal living. Um, and if, you know, you had to get along with other people, you couldn't go out and hunt and fight. You had to stay home and protect the kids and, and forage for food and things like that. So if you're not getting along with members of the tribe, like you're not going to survive. If your mate gets killed fighting or hunting or whatever, you need to be adaptable. You need to be able to get along with people. And so I think women especially are just hardwired for that, but it's kind of gotten out of control, you know, these days, cause it's just, it's so much pressure and, you know, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. And I think I was talking to, I had a call with my girls in the girls collective last night and we were talking about this is, I mean, at the basis of it, we want to be liked. That's just a natural thing. We want to be liked. We want to be seen. Every human being wants to be, but when we take it to the next extreme of not like being super, what's the word I'm looking for? Just not being super clear on what we actually value and who we actually want to be. And we just kind of become a chameleon of like, Oh, this person wants me to be like this, or this person wants, we, I guess it's what you're saying is we want other people to be comfortable. And we've kind of been told that as girls, you know, we're all told to be nice, like whatever, share. And we, take that into adult life. And we think that that means that it doesn't matter what our needs are. It doesn't matter what we actually want to do or want to say, we just have to make everybody else. Okay. And that's like going to the extreme of adapting. And what the problem with that is then we lose sight of who we actually are and what we actually desire. And we lose that ability to speak up for what we actually want and what we actually desire. Like hearing you just say that actually made me really angry because I completely resonate with that. And I'm like, God, how many years did I waste placating other people, dimming my light, you know, being good and quiet and, you know, accommodating. Like, I just think that that's such bullshit. Like I'm tired of it. Like I'm personally tired of it and I'm tired of seeing other women do the same thing because they are so much stronger than what they're putting out into the world. A hundred percent. We're not here to make other people comfortable. It's one thing to be kind, like, oh yeah, completely kind to people. That is not what we're saying. It's the whole other nice piece. Like, just be nice. Don't worry. Like, just, it's okay. It's going to be fine. It's not going to be fine. Like, it's okay (laughs) to speak up for if something isn't the way you want it to be. If you don't want to do something, if you want to, if you feel this way and you, you want to speak up, like, that's not being unkind. It's actually being unkind to yourself. It's not being unkind to other people. I was just going to say, like, there's a huge difference between being kind and being nice. Yeah, it's a huge difference. I don't like saying nice. I think, no, I think that's where it all stems from for girls, especially we are told just be nice. Yes. And that equals just be quiet. Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) 
So in your work doing this kind of, you're an advocate for women and girls' rights and just voice. How has that impacted your life personally? Oh God. Yeah. Um, I think it's just over. I mean, because it's my own life, I think this is just the way I've always been. Like, even when I was younger, I always knew like I wanted to use my voice. I wanted to help people, but it got quieted. Exactly. Mm -hmm. what We were just talking about it got not really necessarily intentionally, but it definitely got dimmed. So for me doing the work that I do now, it's almost like I just get to step into being who I actually was meant to be all along and being able to work with girls and be a part of shifting the narrative for how girls speak to themselves on the inside and also just the way that they view the world and the world views them. I mean, it, it changes everything for me personally and it makes me feel powerful. Absolutely. Oh, I love it. So how can other girls get involved in this, this movement that is happening? What can they start to do? Yeah. In, in what way? I think just finding their voice and, and starting to have that internal kindness and, and make it a real thing, not just talk about it. And, you know, Oh, that's a nice idea. Like I like, yeah, that was cool. That was a cool conversation, but what can they actually do today to start stepping into their worth and their voice? Cause I will, I want people listening to this to not only be inspired and be empowered, but to actually take the action to make it part of their lives. Yeah. Well, a few things, I think just taking a good, just take a step back and take kind of inventory of your life right now. Take inventory of where you've been staying quiet on your needs or your wants or your desires or your feelings in order to make other people feel comfortable. That really is a common thing for so many of us women and girls is to just make everyone else comfortable and then if there's time or if there's energy then I'll take care of me or if I feel comfortable enough maybe I'll speak up for myself and that's where we get lost and so taking inventory of what do I actually desire for my life is it this where do I you know fall short of taking care of me or speaking up for me and then again getting a little bit angry about it probably And just then, you know, I think another big part of it is finding your people. You know, I think we were talking about at the beginning, we can get really caught up in, I hear this a lot from girls is I want to have the conversations that you're having. So if someone's listening and they think like, oh, I wish I could talk like that with the people in my life, in my life. I hear that constantly from girls who listen to my podcast of, I want to have those conversations, but I don't have anyone to have them with to just be honest about what's really going on. And I challenge it a little bit because I think what happens is in our life, we get really used to being a certain way or talking a certain way with people that we don't think they can handle what we actually want to say. Yeah. But they're probably desiring the same thing that you are, especially other women and girls. Um, They want to know what's really going on in your life. They want to know how you're really feeling so that they can feel comfortable to do the same. And so I think either finding a way to start to have those conversations with people in your life or finding those people elsewhere, finding them online, finding, you know, whatever. Maybe there's 
meetups in wherever you live, like just finding other people who feel the way you do and who like desire for more, because that's going to push you outside of that comfort that you've been in. And so that's going to start to build your ability to be honest about what's really going on. And it's obviously going to be a process, but I think it's really important to be able to have these conversations in some way. Absolutely. And I think for those people who feel like, oh, you know, I'm not going to be liked if I start speaking up for myself or I start speaking my truth. What would you say to them? Oh, well, like, I know that this is so hard. It's so hard, but regardless, not everyone is going to like you. And you have to get to a point of being okay with that. It doesn't matter. You can be the nicest, quote unquote, human being on the planet. And that equaling what we were just saying about, you know, that nice equals really not speaking up for yourself or just making other people comfortable. But there's still going to be people who don't agree with you, don't like you, don't want to be like, it, it doesn't matter but that's not going to feel good for you. What's going to feel good for you is stepping into that power that you have and speaking up and being who you want to be. And once you do that, you'd kind of stop caring about what other people think. And that doesn't mean that it'll completely go away. You know, there's still moments where I'm like, oh, okay, I don't feel understood. I don't, you know, but I think, becoming really clear about what your intentions are and being confident in those and recognizing that it just doesn't matter. Like people aren't always going to understand you, but if you understand you, then that's okay. Absolutely. And feeling good. I mean, don't we all just want to feel good with who we are and what we stand for? Like at the end of the day, that's all that matters. We're leaving by ourselves anyway, when we all die, you might as well enjoy your life and feel good in your body while you're here. A hundred percent. And I think the more that you do, it doesn't mean you have to like go up to the the first person in your life and throw it all out there. Like, no, I got something to say. (laughs) Yeah. It's all about the way you do it. Right. Again, it's coming from a place of kindness. It's just not coming from a place of niceness, but the more that you do it, the more comfortable you're going to feel doing it. And truly the people who really love you and want you in their life. They want to see you being you and they want to see you being happy. I love that. Oh, that's so empowering. I mean, I think I can, I could have used the reminder, you know, I mean, we all can. So thank you. Yeah, I can, I can use the reminder. (laughs) We all can. It's hard. Like you said, I mean, with everything that's coming at us, I mean, life is going by so fast. I feel like, um, so it's important to, to have these types of conversations and be like, Hey, you need to check in what's going on. You know, are you being who you really want to be like, yes, that's so important. Yeah. A hundred percent. So what's something that you're grateful for? Ooh, I am so grateful that I get to do what I'm doing and I get to have a platform to speak up and be a part of shifting the way that the world views girls and that girls view the world. Mm. I mean, you really are changing lives. You see that, don't you? Oh my gosh. I just got chills. Thank you. (laughs) No, I mean, I mean, I feel that I've only been doing this show since March of 2018 and I have felt the ripple effect happening and, and 
what I see you doing is the same exact. I mean, it's just, and I think you said what you have over 20,000 downloads to your show. I mean, if that doesn't tell you that what you're doing is having, I mean, it's just, there's such a need for it. So I think it's, man, it's just, it's magic. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for what you're doing as well. Well, thank you. And you as well. So what's something that you've learned in life that you wish your someone would have told you earlier on? Oh my God. So many things. (laughs) I think the number one thing I always go back to is just that you don't, I don't, I don't need to prove myself. Mm. You know, I can show up as is, I can say what I want to say and that's enough. I just don't need to prove myself. You're already worthy. Yeah. That's powerful. So if, you know, people listening, men or women, um, either have teenage daughters, millennial age daughters who they think could benefit from working with you, or they want you to speak, or they want to interview you themselves. How can they get in touch with you? Ooh. Um, okay. So, I mean, I spend most of my time on Instagram. <laughs> so like you most people, <laughs> yeah, you can always reach out to me there. That's at Stephanie Don Elizabeth. Um, I also have an Instagram now for the girls collective. So that's at we are the girls collective. And of course, you can check out my website, which is stephaniedonelizabeth.com. You can email me, DM me, ask me anything. (laughs) I love it. Well, I just thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I feel empowered more so than I did when we started. And and like I said, it's just such a great reminder to to bring in that self-awareness and to bring in that kindness and to stop being nice. Like enough. (laughs) Yes. You know what I mean? If you've heard this conversation. <laughs> yes, I agree. A hundred, a hundred percent. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. I look forward to seeing how far you go and, and just witnessing the ripple effect that you're already having. I'm glad to be a part of it. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into the show. For those of you that have been with me from week one, I just want to say I love you. And if you are new to the show, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. We are actually over 10K downloads as of this week, if you can believe it, which is amazing. This has been the absolute most fun ride uh, ever. So thank you for your support. If you haven't already, please, please, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. It helps so much with the show and getting the word out to more and more people about the show. Also, please connect with me on Instagram. I'm at Motherhood Unstressed. I check all of my DMs, and through there is a link to the Patreon page where you can support the show for two bucks a month which is incredible and so, so appreciated. And then there's also links to my coaching practice. And this is something I've been doing for a while, kind of under the radar, just helping women find more balance in their day-to-day lives. This episode is sponsored by Organifi. Organifi offers completely non-GMO organic superfood blends that makes incorporating really good nutrition into your diet insanely easy. You literally do not have an excuse not to get your fruits and veggies anymore because they've done all the work for you. And if you use the code unstressed, you will receive 15% off your purchase at OrganifiShop.com. Lastly, this episode is sponsored by Four Sigmatic. If this is a company you haven't heard of, believe me, in the next year or two, you will. They are doing amazing things in the world of medicinal mushrooms. Uh, Right now, I'm kind of obsessed with their hot cacao with reishi, which is something I'll drink before bed every night. And it's just so relaxing, so calming, and so good for you. So it's kind of a no-brainer. Also, if you love coffee, but you hate the way it makes you feel, like jittery, stressed, just not well, then they have a ton of uh, mushroom blends for coffee. Uh, They also have a really good matcha. So go to foursigmatic.com and use the code unstressed to save 15% off. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.